all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another off-season edition here at the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. And this is going to be another kind of interesting episode here. It's going to be a very wide receiver heavy episode as Michael Thomas has sounded off over a ton of topics over the last day or two. I mean, first he goes into a big a big beef here with Devontae Parker, which is very, very interesting. And then also he had some words about Emmanuel Sanders and about how he's got more surprises in store upcoming next season. And then later we are going to kind of do another position breakdown here. We're going to do it for the wide receivers. We thought it was really fitting here to do the wide receivers after all this Michael Thomas news. So that's really going to be what's happening this episode. Tomorrow, we're going to have another episode coming out. And that is going to be about the last four teams in ranking the Drew Brees Champagne era. So if you've been following the last few episodes, you obviously know we've been ranking the Drew Brees Champagne era teams to this point. We are going to do that next episode. Just It's going to come out tomorrow. It's basically going to be the 1A episode to this podcast because, again, it's it's going to be pretty similar in, I mean, that respect. It's going to come, obviously, you'll probably be able to listen to it back-to-back. That's I'm hoping to get it out um, sometime tomorrow. So, again, it's going to be um, out soon, so definitely look out for that. It may be even before tomorrow, so definitely check it out. But definitely within the next 24 hours, we'll have that podcast out, which should be really fun. Can't wait to do that. But right now, we're going to talk about the 2020 Saints and specifically about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has now sounded off three times over the past day and all very interesting comments from the Offensive Player of the Year. First, this is kind of, I guess, what stemmed it all, is on Instagram, Michael Thomas and Devontae Parker go at it. Why? Because Parker said that he thought it was easier to go up against um, Stephon Gilmore of the New England Patriots than go up against Michael Thomas. And Thomas wasn't very happy about that. And this comes right off the back of Nick Underhill saying that, well, Thomas has a very similar attitude to Michael Jordan. So if you all have been watching the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary, you could just, like, Michael Jordan just picks fights with people. For, like, I mean, not no reason, but, like, reasons like these. And it seems like Michael Thomas has that same competitive attitude. And that's a driving factor to Michael Thomas's game. And obviously it was for Michael Jordan. Now, we don't know if Michael Jordan or Michael Thomas is going to obviously be as good as Michael Jordan. We're not saying that. But that same competitive drive, that's extremely interesting because it's on display right here. Like, Devontae Parker has a good season. He's high on his horse. Has one good season. Michael Thomas says, slow down there. Slow down. You're not not on the Michael Thomas level. And, And that has basically spur, uh, spurred a lot of arguments about people th- thinking that Michael they're disrespecting Michael Thomas. And I don't know what they were watching last year, but, I mean, look, there wasn't, the, like, and everyone says, oh, Michael Thomas only runs slant routes. He only runs, I mean, he gets a million targets. I mean, Drew Brees is throwing the ball, which, I mean, look, the only thing to me, the valid thing is, yes, Drew Brees is throwing the ball compared to Devontae Parker, who's not having anywhere close to Drew Brees throwing the ball. That's a valid, valid point. Besides that, I mean... Michael Thomas gets a ton of targets because he gets open so much. Like, Drew Brees, we know he would spread the ball out. He's not going to just target one player just to target him. 
he targets Michael Thomas because he gets open so much. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, all the Dolphins fans that are saying that, they're just crazy. I mean, Michael Thomas is, I mean, say just run slants. I mean, that's completely ridiculous. I mean, I'm not going to rant about that because I know all Saints fans completely agree with me on this one. But that was just the first quote by Michael Thomas, or I guess kind of first newsworthy moment for Thomas, which is very, very interesting because then he came out the next day in an interview with Luke Johnson. And first of all, he did say things about Emmanuel Sanders, about saying he's going to be a great veteran piece to the team. He has Super Bowl experience. That's really going to help me. That's going to help the locker room. That's going to help. And like that was all the right things he said. So not really much newsworthy stuff there, but he's excited to have Emmanuel in the room. And that's obviously really great. He thinks he's going to add a big part part to the offense, which I mean, I think everyone thinks. So again, I think that is very, very interesting there. And that's just, I mean, look, it's not going to be newsworthy, but I want to point it out because like Michael Thomas doesn't want to be the only one here. He wants help and he's going to get it with Emmanuel Sanders. And the other thing that Thomas said, a little more newsworthy, is this is what he said. He said, I'll be ready when the season comes more than ready. You'll be able to tell. Everyone will be able to tell. Very interesting. So obviously Thomas has more up his sleeve, and it seems like he's going to get even better. And then he said, oh, I don't give up my kind of what I'm getting better at. He's not saying that. That's another thing he said. But very, very interesting. I mean, to me, I think Michael Thomas will... I mean, look, if he if he goes up and has an insane season like that, I mean, that will just show that he's um, kind of, you know, right there as one of the best receivers, I mean, in the game for sure. I mean, there's no doubting that. But, I mean, to me, Thomas with Emmanuel Sanders, I think Thomas's numbers may go down a little, but I think that's going to help the Saints win. I think it's going to help people, I mean, kind of respect Thomas and even more because, again, I, I mean, and to compare it back to Jordan, I mean, like when Jordan got Pippen, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not comparing that. But it is very interesting. Like, maybe the Saints now will take the next step there at that position because getting some help there is going to help. And I do think that is really big. And that's something for me when looking at this. Michael Thomas is a top dog. He's that he's that guy that's going to compete, compete, compete. And he will sound off on I mean, like, people are calling him child. This is not child. This means someone went after him. And, yeah, then you want to call Michael Tom, um, Michael Jordan child, um, you know, childlike when he went, went after some of his guys. Like, I mean, got after B.J. Armstrong for just, like, clapping in his face. I mean, like, like that stuff. I mean, that's also, I guess, childish if you want to play play off that. But, again, that's just kind of is what it is. Or he got mad at the jazz Jazz's coach, Doris Carl, uh, for not saying hello to him in a restaurant. I mean, like, stuff like that. Like, I mean, same type of stuff. I mean, I could definitely see the the comparison after, especially after, like, it was just so funny. Uh, Nick Underhill said that, and then right after this thing came out on uh, Thomas. That just shows, I mean... Nick Underhill is probably some type of wizard, and he's he's such a good reporter. But again, that is very, very interesting there. And that was kind of what I wanted to talk about, Thomas. It just shows he's an alpha dog. He's coming in here, and that's extremely interesting news. Extremely interesting. And I think he's going to be right back at the top. I think he's going to have a better year than... I think he's going to be the best receiver again. I mean, he just has that mentality. He's, he's not going to just sit on what he did. He's going to get better and better. And again, I, I, I think we're, we're going to be in store for another amazing dominating season from Michael Thomas. And I think you're going to be even more successful with Emmanuel Sanders. So now we are going to talk about the whole wide receiver group. We're not just going to talk about Thomas. We're not just going to talk about Sanders. We're going to talk about everybody, talk about the depth, kind of grade it, kind of see where the group is at. Do we need to add anybody? And kind of what do I think there? So we are going to do that, but... First, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. 
And now we are going to break down the wide receiver position in another edition of our positional breakdowns. So here we're just going to go through player by player, kind of tell a little synopsis about them. And then kind of at the end of after we do all that, well, I'll basically evaluate to see do we need anybody else? Is it a complete group? What's the grade I would give them? And kind of how the position is going to end up shaking out for training camp and that type of stuff. So first, it's Michael Thomas. We all know it. I mean, he had the five-year extension. To me, that just shows I want him locked up for not just five years, 10 years, 15 years. He's just such a great player. NFL record, 149 catches, over 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns, a 90.4 PFF grade. Insane. That's insane to me. I mean, the 1,700 yards is insane. The 149 catches is even more insane. I mean, the 80% catch rate with that many targets is insane. He's the best route runner in the league. He's one of the best in um, contested catches in the league. To me, he's the best receiver in the game. All pro, pro bowler, whatever you want to name it. Offensive player of the year he was last year. I think he's going to come back to you just fine. There's no reason you you should um, expect him to, to take a dip. I mean, in baseball, I'm going to kind of compare this very, very quickly. I'm a big fan of the Mets. Jacob DeGrom went back-to-back Cy Youngs. This is, I think, what Thomas can do. I think he can win back-to-back offensive player of the year. So that's just my opinion on it. He's just that good. The competitiveness is there. And again, to me, that's something that I think Thomas, he, he's just a different animal. And yeah, he won offensive player of the year, but he didn't get the ultimate goal of winning a championship. And he wants that. I mean, he, he's just a competitive monster and he's going to do anything to get to that next level. And I think he will. And again, maybe he won't catch 149 balls. But I mean, I think it, you know if he could post over 120 catches and like over 1500 yards, I can definitely see that. And that's like an enormously amazing season. Like that's leading the league in yards. That's leading the league in catches stuff. I think he can do it. Definitely. I'm very, very confident in that. For our number two slot, no surprises. It's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. And again, this is, I mean, a slam dunk, obviously. It's going to happen. He just signed a two-year deal with New Orleans. And again, he's he's a pro's pro. I mean, he's a veteran-type player, but I do think he's going to help the Saints in a big way. I mean, look, he played, I mean, what, 10 years now? This would be his 11th year. He, he's going to really help the Saints, not only in the wide receiving room, but he's just a nice veteran piece to have. He's going to probably hopefully stay healthy. I mean, 17 games last year, stayed fully healthy in a long season, so that, that that I think builds well for the Saints. Last season, 66 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns, and I said this in our film study about him, and I want to say this again, like, that's really impressive. I mean, almost put up a 1,000 yards with a season where he was on two different teams. Like, that's, to me, very, very impressive because switching playbooks, switching all that, that's very difficult, and that he was willing to do that shows that his intellect is so high, his play is still so high, and he obviously succeeded with the 49ers made a Super Bowl with them. And I do think that means a lot. I mean, the year before, he only played 12 games and had 71 catches and 868 yards. So again, he played, um, th- that was his last season with a full team. And then again, last time he played with like, I mean, Peyton Manning at the quarterback position, because to me, that's really, I mean, look, those two, he had two lost years in 2017 and 2018, where there was really, I mean, a lot of QB changes in Denver after Peyton Manning, they never really found their niche. So, I mean, it's very, very tough to completely kind of judge him off of that. His last season, he played with Peyton Manning over a thousand yards, and then he goes to uh, the 49ers, and in nine starts, 10 games, he puts up over 500 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, you could multiply that by two or whatever you want to do there. I mean, he gets close to a thousand yards again, 
Again, he I think he could do that for the Saints. And like he played in some high octane offenses and he was able to do very, very good. And I think, and like he said that, I want to return to that. I want to go to the past ha- happy offenses. I want to go to those high octane offenses that the Saints do, the, the Broncos did. Um, he wants to go back into those offenses. Obviously, with Denver, without Peyton Manning, it wasn't like that. So again, he just wants to return to that. And I, I think the Saints could bring him that. I mean, he was able to be, I mean, just a, a really good threat. Seven, 78.5 PFF grade. I mean, look, I mean, 96 targets last year. Like, he, he had a good year. Very, very solid. And again, I do think that. He's a player that's going to really help this group. I mean, him, you replaced him with, um, you replaced Ginn with uh, Sanders. That's really big. I mean, Ted Ginn to Manuel Sanders is a huge upgrade. And I think we could all say that. And I do think that Sanders will help the Saints take that next level. And I do think that's really important for the Saints. Moving over to our third spot here. And that's where I'm going to put Traquan Smith for now. Again, Traquan Smith is really when the questions start kind of brewing here when you look at the Saints receiving core. Because, yeah, your first two receivers, they're going to be top five to me in receiving duos in the league. And that's just my opinion. You have Michael Thomas as the best receiver in the league, and then Emmanuel Sanders, who's, I mean, he could be a number one threat on the team. I do fully believe that. So, again, that that's going to be amazing there. And then you have Traquan Smith kind of as your third guy. He's like, it's like at the very, very top, it's Thomas and Sanders, and there's a big gap, and then it's Traquan Smith. And again, Young player, still on his rookie deal, but again, when he only have 18 catches, I mean, 234 yards, he did have five touchdowns. He was merely a red zone threat, if you can call him that. Again, another season, you know, it just wasn't there for him, and he missed big catches, he dropped big plays, it was a problem. In the playoff game, he gets open down the middle of the field, this was right before the first interception, drops the ball. Can't have that. And... Traquan's going to have to, maybe this year, as he's, there's going to be less pressure on him for sure. The Saints aren't banking on him to make big plays. I mean, like, but hopefully that helps. Like, just the Saints not really, like, if, if Traquan Smith is not good again, Saints are fine. Like, I'm not worried. But again, you would like a player to kind of step up in that three spot for the Saints. And again, it could be Traquan Smith. Now, again, he has potential. Now, he's had some really big games, but it just never kind of went together. He hasn't been a consistent deep threat. He hasn't been consistent over the middle of the field. And again, short, he hasn't really been a big factor as well. So why is he really here? And again, I mean, he's a player that has had some big games over the years, but for the most part, just really hasn't been that like last year, only 18 catches. I mean, he only played 11 games too because of injury. Injuries have been an issue. Again, to me, he's going to have to play 16 games He's just going to have to be a lot better. I mean, I think to him, to really, for me to count on him, to me, it has to be like 40 to 50 catches. I mean, 500, 600 yards, and then like six touchdowns. Like, that would be a really solid year for him in that three role, in that four role. I think that's kind of what he is. He's really the fifth option when looking through the receiving options. I mean, I'd rather have Michael Thomas, rather have Emmanuel Sanders, rather have Alan Kamara, rather have Derek Cook, and then he's kind of right there. So, you, you, but you should have a guy. Like that, especially as in the wide receiver, as your third receiver. Now, again, that it would be nice to see him kind of get there, but he's gonna he's gonna be battling for that spot, for that three spot. I mean, if he, if he doesn't show out in training camp, he doesn't show out in preseason, he's gonna get moved down to that fourth spot real quick because the Saints have guys gunning to get him in that third spot. You have Ty Montgomery, who you just signed, Deontay Harris, who was an All Pro returner last year, but he really made strides late in the year. I mean, again, 
those two guys, to me, are going to gun for a spot. Maybe an undrafted free agent, probably not going to move all the way up to the three spot, but definitely could make the roster and then eventually gun for a spot. That could be there as well. So that's, to me, is definitely something they have to look at. Or Traquan Smith has to look at, excuse me. And again, he's going to have to make that next step. And well, I mean, hopefully he does. He does have, I mean, some some potential here for sure. He's just got to use it. I mean, he's got plus speed. I mean, he's been able to sometimes get separation and sometimes no. So again, I mean, a lot of a lot of times it's been scheming to get him separation. He's going to make that separation on his own now. And it's, it's that time for him. And again, he's definitely a player that Drew Brees trust. I mean, you got to see that. This is his year to shine. And there's a ton of questions around him. So it's going to be interesting to see. But again, it's it would be very, very nice if he stepped up to the table and became that three wide receiver. Going over to the four spot, this is where I'm going to put Ty Montgomery. Montgomery's a guy who could play receiver, could play running back as well. But I'm going to put him as a receiver because I do think that he's a player that I think is better for the Saints, how the Saints need him in the slot. Like, I mean, he's a guy that, let's just looking at the receiving numbers. In 2016, he caught 44. Uh, balls in the 2017 he caught 23 and 80 in um eight games excuse me there and between those two years he had 11 starts and then you combine those those two seasons I mean it, it's a pretty I mean it's over 60 catches 67 catches I mean if he can I'm not saying he's going to do that but if, if he can do something close to that in a slot role that would be big and I do think that he can fill a Willie Sneed role for the Saints or a type of role like that just a guy that is very good in the short field wins the slot routes does a good job, picks up first downs when needs to be, and then also he can come out of the backfield and do some plays as well. I mean, Sean Payton can use him in all different ways. But again, if he's a player that can get some first downs for the Saints, catch two or three balls a game, and I mean, if he does that, if, I mean, if you play 16 games and catch three balls every game, that's 48 catches. Like, that is very, very doable if you're a slot receiver, um, if Montgomery becomes a slot receiver like that. I mean, he doesn't have to go out and get 10 catches. He won't, but if he, if he gets two or three a game, you're going to be right around that 40 range is kind of what the Saints kind of need out of him or even Traquan Smith. So again, I mean, that to me is very, very interesting to kind of see what he can do. Then, look, he has two lost years. Plays with the Jets, which is just, I mean, when you're back in the Le'Veon Bell, you're not going to get that many options. And you have a very just by the book coordinator who's not going to put you in great situations anyways. Then he plays in Baltimore the year before after he got traded mid-year. It's very, very tough for a player to get traded mid-year, especially a one like Montgomery who you kind of need to draw up special plays for and again that's really tough and in Green Bay before he got traded didn't really get the opportunities I mean he had four yards of carry I mean he ended up with 15 catches and only 23 targets like that's not bad but just didn't really have the opportunities was more of a third down guy when he played it was really Aaron Jones really took kind of the bull by the horns and took Montgomery's spot after Montgomery was hurt so again you didn't really see he kind of lost his job with injury and everything and I mean Jones is a more kind of actual running back so that helped lose his, his role and now he's with the Saints and looking to rejuvenate his career so we'll see what happens but to me that is very interesting and something to look out for as if he can become that player that gets 45 50 catches maybe even 40 catches 35 catches out of the slot getting some big first downs for the Saints when needed that's a big jump and to have a receiver do that that's great and then every once in a while he's doing some special plays and has kind of a book made for him like Taysom Hill was that's what I'd like to see from Montgomery. But I do think he has a spot on this roster. So I do think that is very interesting. And it was interesting to see that he did a uh, workout video and he was catching. He was not running. He was doing all receiving stuff and a lot of slot, like a lot of quick movements and stuff like that. I think that is very, very interesting in that. And again, that, I mean, the upside of that is to me really, really big. 
Moving over to the fifth receiver. He is the number one um, returner on the roster, but is obviously receiver two, and that's going to be Deontay Harris, the undrafted free agent. I mean, speed kills. I mean, he had the 50-yard catch in the playoffs. I mean, punt returning and kick returning was his main thing. I mean, 36 punt returns, 24 kick returns. I mean, his punt re- best punt returner in the league. He was an all-pro at that position. I mean, he ended up with uh, just receiving PFF grade of 62.2. I mean, his returning grade was much, much higher. I mean, he's a player that only had four catches. But again, he had, he had a few really good routes by the end of the season. So maybe we're going to see him an upgrade in that. I think the Saints will use him more. I don't think that you're going to count on him to catch 40, 50 balls. So again, I, I think he's going to be more of a 20 catch guy in that second year as he still does kick returning and punt returning mainly. And he was, look, by just doing that, I don't want to undermine that. He helped the Saints win a lot of games. I mean, he had a punt return touchdown. He had a lot of long kick returns. I mean, if he affected the team just by like, look, the Saints never really got bad field position. And that was because of Harris and his abilities. And again, if he can continue that, that's enough value within itself to obviously keep him on the team. But again, if he can come in here, I think take that next step to like 20 catches, maybe catches a few touchdowns deep. Could be more of the deep threat. Because I don't think the Saints need like a big deep threat. threat excuse me there. More than, because I think Sanders is going to do a good job. I don't think they need to throw the ball 60, 70 yards down the field. I don't think they have a quarterback to throw it. I don't think they need to. I think Deontay Harris could catch the deep ball from time to time, maybe catch a few deep touchdowns, some big plays. And again, you're going to give him a few touches a game besides receiving the ball, but again, or besides returning the ball, excuse me there. But again, he's going to be, you know, to me, a very, very solid returner. And again, if he can catch 20, 30 balls, that's a really successful season. That means he took the next step. We'll see what happens with that, but it is very interesting. And if he takes a leap into getting 40 catches and becoming something of this offense, that would be very interesting. But again, that is, to me, that's kind of where Harris kind of projects as basically punt returner, kick returner, but then also, which is high value, but then also can maybe add a few deep balls in there and a few wrinkles that can, you know, help you win games with big plays. And that's very, very big there. Now, we are kind of getting to the guys that, I mean, you have a lot of undrafted free agents. You have a lot of guys that barely played for the team. I mean, this this list is like a very very deep with the receivers. They have a lot of guys there that you know you don't really know much about. I mean, there are a few guys we know, like Austin Carr for one. Look, last season didn't really play. He only had one reception for nine yards, but I mean, he caught a touchdown pass in 2018. Like and like, look, he wanted the Saints kind of wanted him to be a, the next slot receiver for them. But maybe he grows into that, but probably not. But again, he will fight in training camp for that role. But again, I'm not expecting much from him. I'm expecting like Ty Montgomery to become that slot receiver. Maybe the Saints hoped that Carr was going to become. Then you have Krishan Hogan, who played with the Saints really for, I mean, like they played for eight games and like he was in for like 15, 20 snaps. And everyone's like, who is this guy? And he, he's more of a blocking guy. And again, not really a good receiver, a good blocker. Now, if he wants to come back to the team... Is he there for that sixth spot? To me, not right away. If an injury come in, he can do that. Little Jordan Humphrey, kind of the same. He was good in preseason. He had four catches, two touchdowns, 103 yards. So that was good. He did play five games. He's a big body guy. He's going to be more of a camp body, more depth for them. Now, if he wants to come in, now he's going to be another one of those guys going for that last blocking spot. So that will be very interesting. Emmanuel Butler, I think, is a more of a practice squad guy. As to me, he's not really, like, at that block. Like, he's definitely going to make plays more in, like, training camp at a great training camp. 
Like, he was a training camp standout, ended up with six catches and a touchdown, um, 47 yards as well. He had 12 car- targets in those four preseason games, which is which is a good amount. And again, I don't think he would make this team in that last slot. And why? That's because he's not the best of blockers. And, you know, he, he would have to really impress and then leapfrog someone else in that five role. So, to me, that's something that he probably won't do. But it's yet to be seen. Like, he would have to leapfrog Ty Montgomery. And, I mean, he would leapfrog one of Ty Montgomery and Traquan Smith. I don't see that happening. But, again, that's something that could happen. Another guy they have is Tim White. And he's another camp body. More of a speedster type guy. He's returns. I mean, he has, I mean, over 50 yards returning back in 2018 with the Ravens. So, again, I mean, he has one reception in his career. Definitely a camp body. Again, he would have to, like, supplant Deontay Harris to make a roster spot. I don't think that's happening. So, to me, he's just more of a camp body there. To me, again, some of these guys are probably not going to end up making it. But, again, it's good to have him. Like, he may surprise. And, you know, but that's why you have him. But, again, I wouldn't, like, take much thought into that. And then another guy before we get into the undrafted free agents this year is going to be Maurice Harris. He's 27 years old, but he's still under a futures deal, which is nice. Back in 2018, I mean, you, you may have heard him because back in 2018, he had 28 catches, 304 yards. I mean, I mean, 47 targets. Like, that's not bad. He was a slot receiver in down in Washington, um, and that wasn't for him. That was a pretty good, pretty good um, year for him and then didn't play in 2019. But again, he could be a guy in depth that you may trust in the slot more than other guys um that you have so he may be like staying on the practice squad and you may want to bring him up just in case of injuries I I think he could be an interesting one more than any of those other future guys I could see Maurice Harris being a veteran more of a veteran player on a future deal is pretty um enticing for I think the coaches and the Saints and the front office if he can kind of do what he did with Washington in the slot like the 28 catches you could see some promise there now again I think he's more of a depth player but you never know and I do think that out of out of like Tim White I think it's more promising Tim White same with, I mean, I even think he may have more than Emmanuel Butler. I think he has more than Krishan Hogan. I mean, again, I can see him maybe kind of becoming a, become a player that you may hear later in the season, or maybe if he breaks camp. I don't think he'll break camp, but again, he may be a guy, if a few guys get hurt, you may want to see him come in here, and, and he may be able to give us some some depth if we need it. So now we only have two more guys here in this receiving. big. It's a big, big group. And then I will finally wrap it up. So first is it's just our two guys here at the undrafted free agents we got. So first I'm going to start with Marcus Callaway. And he's interesting. I think he could be a guy that's a show out in training camp. But again, I think he's more of a practice squad player. He's just like, a, he's a guy that do, does one thing. He runs the deep ball. And he runs those deep routes. And he catches the deep ball, I should say, and runs the deep routes. In Tennessee, he had 30 catches, but for over 600 yards and six touchdowns. That's kind of what it is. He has an over 21 yard average for his for the season last year and he did a really really good job in that deep role for the volunteers and to me he could be a player that comes up and shows out in training camp and maybe just maybe he will be kind of taking the next step and maybe doing some other things but again he's a guy that is kind of a one-trick pony now the Saints need guys that can run the deep ball more than anything else so yeah he'll kind of add out and kind of round out that depth very well Maybe if the Saints are like, well, we don't need a guy like, I don't know, we don't need that sixth guy to be a blocking. We have a lot of great blockers, and they ended up, and, and they have it end up be kind of a deep threat like Callaway. I can see it. 
I think Jawan Johnson for the Oregon Ducks, who we also got, I think he's a better chance at making the roster in that sixth spot. But again, I, I think Callaway's going to shout out in training camp, make a lot of play playmaking um, kind of sp- splash plays for the Saints. And maybe that's enough to get him a roster spot. It's going to be interesting. But again, he is a pretty, I mean, he's got speed. That, that's always really good. I mean, speed kills. So again, I could see him with Tennessee maybe taking that next step now with the Saints. And maybe you see him kind of become a factor. But again, he's more of a guy that it's kind of unknown. He has potential, but he's got to put it all together and it's extremely raw. Like, he's probably going to need more than one year. I think he's more of a practice squad guy. Like, let's say Deontay Harris got injured. He could be more of a punt return, kick return guy for the Saints. And then our final guy and our final wide receiver here is Jawan Johnson. He is from Oregon. Now, he did play three seasons with Penn State when he was redshirted as well. So he was there for four years. He ends up transferring for his fifth season in Oregon. And he ends up kind of, this is kind of what he was able to do. I mean, not awful, but he was supposed to have a breakout year and he didn't. There were a few years where he could have had a breakout year and just didn't. And it just all didn't materialize. Only played eight games last year. It's just kind of what it was there. I I think he was a player that maybe he kind of had all the attributes to get drafted, but he didn't put a lot of performance up there. Only four touchdowns, 467 yards, 30 receptions. But he's a guy that, look, he's a a big body, 6'4", 230. And he's going to probably be a good blocker. And if the Saints can teach him that, you you may see him get on as the sixth um, receiver like that. And if he out, you know, outbeats or outplays, I should really say, Krishan Hogan and all, all the other guys, I could definitely see him making plays there. And then maybe he turns into like a guy like a Marcus Colston. Like, look, that, that's an amazing comparison for him. But I think he has potential to make this team and kind of maybe even be a Brandon Coleman. Like a lot of people were comparing it to Brandon Coleman. And look, for an undrafted free agent to become Brandon Coleman, like that's solid. That's three or four years that he was around. And he was, I mean, for his role, it wasn't bad. And you, you do need Brandon Coleman's on your team. So... Again, it would be nice for the Saints if he turns into that. Now, could he even take him to that step further? I think he could. Will he? I don't know. And I do think that is very, very interesting. So, kind of to round out the group, I think they're set. I don't think they should add anyone. After they acquired Ty Montgomery with the free agent deal, I don't think they need anybody else. I don't think they should get anybody else. I think this is a really good group. You have two elite players at your one and two for the positions they are. Like, to me... At wide receiver two, Emmanuel Sanders is elite. Like, he's one of the best wide receiver twos in the league. And then Michael Thomas is one of the best wide receiver ones in the league. And you take a dip, but you're hoping that, look, you have a lot of other weapons at other positions. And then also, you're hoping that Traquan Smith can take a next step. You're hoping that Ty Montgomery can take um, that step back to being kind of more relevant. And to me, that's a really good battle. I'm kind of happy that they did that to kind of add them some more extra depth. Then you have Harris there, whom you may be able to take the next step with and really kind of integrate him not only into the the special teams, but also the receiving group. And then after that, one guy's probably going to make it. Maybe two guys are going to make it. And the rest of the guys are either going to be cut or put to the practice squad. And it's, it's very interesting. I think a lot of those young guys will stay around with the team. I think, look, ends up one, one or two guys are going to make the team off of that. And that's just kind of it. But very, very interesting group to me. Very deep group, especially towards the back. Like you have a lot of guys that can do that five and six role, which some teams don't. So to me, that's really good. Like, I mean, and to me, you have four solid players here that, I mean, like that those four plus Alvin Kamara, plus Jared Cook, plus Adam Troutman, plus Latavius Murray. I mean, that's for defense. That's like murderers row. So with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you enjoy what we're doing here at the Hootass Discussion, definitely follow us on all our social media platforms. I said them at the beginning of the episode. 
And then also you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that fun stuff were on there. And then also definitely check out our next film study. It's going to be on Malcolm Jenkins, or it is on Malcolm Jenkins, I should say. It dropped earlier today. Definitely check it out, or earlier yesterday, I should say, because I'm recording this the night before it goes live. So definitely check out that film study. I, again, I'm, you know, really liked doing it, and I really hope you guys liked watching it. But again, to me, I, I, I think Malcolm Jenkins could take that, to take this St. Stephen's to the next step. He fills in a lot of holes for them, especially when you look at big plays and stuff like that. And it should really, really kind of shore up the se- secondary, shore up the defense, and in turn, shore up this Saints team. So with all that said, I want to say thank you, run it back, and who dat?